friend here um, who are, are speaking Cambodian, um, but uh, I'm actually from Northern Ireland, so I will, I will try to um, speak slow so that you understand. If not, um, I'll get my, my good friend Bruce to come up and he can translate. So five minutes in, if it's not going good, just start waving at me and Bruce can come up and translate. I see a few, I see a few waves already. I just want to first of all start off by thanking um, Pastor Darrell and Pastor Denise for, for inviting us here this morning. It's such a privilege to, to be here and so exciting for Esther and myself. We have always dreamed of coming to New Zealand um, and we're so excited that we've been able to come here this morning. Um, Esther keeps telling me that I'm not allowed to try to pronounce the name of the church. Um, but I know, I, but, but, I, but I, I, I know it's, I'm not going to even say it. I was going to say it. They're really confident. I'm not going to try. So to start off with, um, I've got lots I want to say this morning, um, but I know I've got a, a, a limited time, so I'm going to press on. But I'm going to just show you a few things very quickly that I really love or that are important to me. It's just so you get to know me a little bit better. So there should be slides that will come up. So first of all, um, my, my beautiful wife who's sitting in the front row. And I just want to say, look, please, if you can, come over today for the lunch. Um, we're going to be speaking um, a bit afterwards about the work in Cambodia. And um, you'll only have to listen to me for a little while, and then the star of the show will get up, and she'll, she'll tell you about the girls that she um, works with and the girls that she has helped um, see uh, just change in their lives like you would never imagine. Um, this, the, other, the next th slide is of my two girls, or our, or our two girls. Um, on the left is Meg, and she's turning six in May. And on the right is Ruby, and she's turning five in May. And these are, you'll, you'll hear in our story a little bit later that these, these, these girls are very precious to us. Um, the next thing is, some of you might know a little bit about soccer from the UK. I'm a massive Tottenham Hotspur fan, and I, I particularly like this slide because my hero, Harry Kane, is running away after scoring against the arts enemy that is Arsenal. So th this is really, really important to me, and it goes everywhere with me, and it's very close to my heart. I am very sporty. You may not... You, now, I just want to point out, I just want to point out at this stage that this is Ireland scoring the winning try recently. Um, we'll go, can you go back to that slide, please? And a, being mauled by New Zealanders. Um, I also want to point out that we've only won twice in 111 years. Um, but... There's two good things that come out of this. The first one is, is that we have a very, very, very good New Zealand coach who actually have heard rumors that you're trying to get back. And the other, one, the other good thing about it is, is that we are now number two in the world, only behind the great and mighty All Blacks. And the best part of that means that Australia are not number two. So I just, I just, I just, just trying to get, just trying to get this all on site. Now that I've said that, now that I've said that, and before we go to the final slide, I just want to point out that we have some things for sale today. <laughs> Since you are all very happy with me at the minute. Um, no, 
we do have some things for sale today. I just want to say about it now because once I start um, to talk about other things, I won't have the chance to come back. So, so these things are made by the girls from Be Free. Honestly, you'll hear Esther's story later about Be Free girls, and they're just amazing, phenomenal young ladies who have been so badly abused, and so many things have happened in their lives. And they've made these beautiful little um, elephants that are out of the sarong material, um, and they, they're $10, $10. They're little key rings, but we would encourage you, if you can and want to buy one, to take it home, set it somewhere in your house or connect it to your bag or your keys, and just pray for the girls and be free. When you see it, it's, it's, a, it's just reminding you of the things you'll hear later. There's also little um, hearts. These are $5, and there's also, shopping bags. Now, we know that this is really important. Everybody needs a shopping bag now in New Zealand. Um, so these beautiful shopping bags made again out of sarong, Cambodian um, sarong material. They're $7, but they are so handy to have. And already this week, um, we have used one in the shops, and it's been really helpful. So those are the things that are on sale outside. Please, please, please. All the money that comes in for this, I promise you, will go to help the girls personally. Um, they'll help them with their little homes that they get. They'll help them um, get stuff that they need, help them in really serious situations just to help them um, with the, the recuperation of their lives. Um, the final slide I have um, is of our Cambodian church. Now, I did pick our Christmas service so there would be lots of people there. But um, <laughs> but um, just, just, just going to be honest. Um, but uh, church in Cambodia is, is, is so much fun. We have so much fun. And this is Pastor Chimnap. You can just see his face there and my bald head. And we, we're taking, it's meant to be a selfie of the church. And, and, you know, we're so blessed. We have so many amazing people and phenomenal leaders. And again, as I say, later on, I'll be just showing you a few photos and telling you a little bit more about those leaders. But this morning... I wanted to very quickly talk to you about um, a little bit about our story, a little bit about Esther and my story. So I'm just going to start off in, in the way that most testimonies do. I'm going to tell you that um, I was born in Belfast in, in Northern Ireland. I um, Bless you, brother. Um, I, I also... Um, <laughs> I, I'm 48 years old. I know you're looking at me and thinking, there's no way you're 48. Um, much younger before I get heckled in the in the front row, um, but I am, I am, I am. But um, you know that's part of life. Um, I was brought up in a Christian um, setting, in a Christian church. We went to um, a Baptist church, so some people say to me that that wasn't really Christian. But I was, um, I, I, I personally don't believe that at all. But brought up in a Baptist church, um, but at the age of nine, um, my mother. Um, decided to leave our family, and she went away with another man, and my dad uh, basically brought me and my brother up for the next five or six years. This was a difficult time for us. Um, at the time, I didn't realize how much it affected me. Um, actually, only recently, a few years ago, I realized how much this had scarred me, um, but we don't always realize that um, at the time. But in my, my teenage years, I, I decided to do something which would actually cause me a lot of sorrow and a lot of pain going forward, and that was I started to gamble. 
Um, I used to love horses and horse racing and, and um, greyhound racing and, and all types of betting that there was. And it all started off as it always does, um, just with one bet. It's the same with people that end up um, with alcoholic problems. It always starts with the one drink. And, and just it just started to consume my life, take over my life. And by the time that I met Esther, um, which was in 1992, and we were I was 22 years of age, um, it had really, really got its claws into my life. And, and gambling was what I got up for. Gambling was all that was important to me. Um, I did love Esther. There was no doubt about that. But um, when you gamble or when you're addicted to something, it just consumes your life. Everything is, is ruled by it, controlled by it. And um, I just, it just really, really uh, was difficult to, to, to not do the things that, like I stole money from Esther or from our accounts. I, I told her lies constantly to cover up um, my losses um, in the gambling. And, and addiction does that. No matter what type of addiction it is, it makes you into someone that you're not. And it controls you, and you just the, the, for for me the gambling it was an it was like an adrenaline kick. It was like it, it just was like an adrenaline adrenaline rush. It didn't matter about the money, how much I was losing or how much I was winning. It was just the excitement of off winning, um, and 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 it really did control my life. Um, we got married in uh, 1994 on the 23rd of July. I'm always really, really glad once I get past that part of my testimony that I've got the date right. And, and um, it's very, very important for the rest of the day and probably the rest of the trip in New Zealand. So um, I'm, I'm glad that that's gone and sorted. So, um, so we're married 24 years. And in our, as we moved into uh, 1995 in February, we found out this horrendous news that um, Esther had bowel cancer. And it really was a real shock to us. I mean, we were just married eight months. We, we didn't expect to have that sort of news. And Esther ended up in hospital for 10 weeks. They did um, four major surgeries on her. They kept saying to us, this is the first time this has ever happened. And it was just like a, just a catalog of mistakes or, or, or things just didn't go right. And at one stage, they told me she wasn't going to make it through the night. And I remember going out at the back of my mum and dad's house. My dad had got remarried um, when I was 15 and went out to the back of their house. And I, I stood out the back and I knew about God, but my life was nowhere a reflection of, of what I knew. And I, I stood there and I just cried out to God. And I said, God, please, please do something. If, if, you're, if, if you do, I'll give you my life. I'll do this, I'll do that as we do in these moments. And, and um, the next morning, I, I fell asleep, and the next morning I woke up, and Esther was, was, was doing much better, and she turned a corner, and it was absolutely amazing, and God stepped in there. But as Esther was leaving hospital, a few days before she left, she, she gave her life to Jesus, and that was, that was so, so important. I came up, she told me, and I told her that it was the biggest mistake she'd ever made, and also that, I, that she'd ruined my life. Um, she'd done that many years ago. No, no, she hadn't. Um, so um, she'd ruined my life, and she, she had just made this decision for the both of us 
But it was funny because I was really battling at this stage. We, we were in massive debt. We, we owed about £35,000, which was probably about $65,000 New Zealand dollars. Um, Esther had no idea. And over the next seven weeks, I battled so much with God. God was just every single night. I was getting up in the middle of the night, waking in Esther and saying, read the Bible to me. And she was going, what? And I'm going, read the Bible to me. And she was just reading the Bible randomly to me. And, and it was just so, so, I was just under so much conviction, but I knew how much money we owed. And I knew that there was going to come a point where I needed to make a decision that I couldn't do this. And, you know, the one thing that I learned through this all is, is that, you know, addiction is a distraction from God's plan for your life. You know, addiction, no matter what type of addiction it is, it's something that Satan uses to stop us, to stop us from having a relationship with God. And the whole point of the cross and everything else was because God wanted that relationship again with each and every one of us. And Satan, it, it's one of his great plans is to occupy us with things that we cannot resist, that completely control our lives. You know, I often wonder, I often say, imagine if we were addicted to God. And, you know, you know why does that not happen so easily? And I honestly believe it. It doesn't happen easily because Satan doesn't want it to happen. He's not the driving force behind us. And we have to make the decision to be addicted to God. Where every other addiction comes from the pit of hell, it comes from Satan, it comes, you know, and, and I just want to encourage you today that if you're sitting here and you're, you have an addiction in your life, and, and you know, we... A lot of us have addictions in our life. Some of us, it's just like playing games on our phones or whatever, and we're, or on Facebook or whatever, and we're on it for hours upon hours upon hours. That's an addiction. But it can be more serious than that. It can be things that are in your life, and only you know them, and then there's others that will have addictions that everybody knows. But those addictions, you know, they're stopping and blocking a true relationship with God. In James chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. One of the biggest misconceptions for people who come into church and they're not saved, they, whether they're addicted to something or not, is, is that they feel that they need to fix themselves before they can give their life to Jesus. That is such, such a lie. It is so wrong. And Satan holds that over us. He held it over me for those seven weeks. And it was only seven weeks, but for seven weeks, he stopped me from coming to Jesus because he kept saying, how are you going to tell anybody about your gambling? How are you going to sort these problems out? How are you going to do this? You can't go until you fix this. And I actually done a bet, and this is the truth, a bet that covered about 20 different sports and I was sitting the night before I gave my life to Jesus, waiting on, some of you will understand this, some of you don't, uh, um, Manchester United, the, the best team in the world at that moment, 
were home, playing at home in a cup competition against a team, York City, that were four divisions below them. They didn't have a chance. And I was waiting on Manchester United to beat York City to win £22,000. And York City came to Old Trafford. You can check it up if you want when you go home. It was the 13th or 14th of September, 1995. And York City beat Manchester United 3-0. And to this day, to this day, I claim that that was because of me. <laughs> and any Liverpool supporters here will love me for that, and I know there's at least one. <laughs> um, but anyway, so the thing is, is that we can't do it on our own. We need to come to Jesus first, the way we are. I mean, the, 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 the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It doesn't say that whosoever believes in him and has sorted out all the issues, problems, addictions out in their lives before coming should not perish but have everlasting life. We come as we are and God fixes us. And sometimes... That's a little bit messy for the first part. And friends, don't condemn people as they, as they set out onto that road and they try to fix things because it takes time. But Jesus is all about change. Very quickly, because I know I'm ro I've run way over my first point. Second thing that happened in our lives. After Esther started to get better, we were both Christians. We'd started to sort out our finances. Um, and God provided many ways for us to do that. Um, we started to really want children. We desperately wanted children. No matter what else, we really, really wanted children. And everybody would come up because we did all the kids' work, all the youth work in the church. And um, people would come up and say to us, you would make the best parents. And I don't know if that's true or not. Megan Ruby would say yes. <laughs> but... Um, the thing was is that we battled with God for 11 years. We battled with him. We said, God, why are you doing this? It tells us in the Bible that you don't hold anything back from us, any good thing back. And we're, we're, we're doing everything we can for you. And we just, you know, and we battled with this for such a long time. And I know there's people in here, you, you may have, you may have um, battle with things similar or you might be you might have struggled with people getting sick or this that and everything else and and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed about it and 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 you know we battled with this for so long it was such a big part of our lives and people were coming up and they were saying to us um you know god told me to tell you you're going to have a child and it's going to be a boy and do you know what as, as a guy, there's nothing you want to hear more, that you're going to be a dad and you're going to have a wee boy, especially when you love sports the way that I do. Um, and these things were being said to us, and, and we, were, we were just, you know, oh, great, thank you, Jesus. We'll, you know, and, and we had promises spoke over our lives and different things and everything about having children or, or, or you know, and having that family. But it didn't happen. And it was difficult. And... I totally understand, and if you're here today and you want to talk about anything after church, please come and talk to us, because we, we walked a very, very difficult road, but there was one day that we just, both of us realized at the same time that God knows best, and that's difficult at times, and it's, it's three words, and you, it's very easy to say, but 
God knows best. And we decided in that day to, for the rest of our lives, to keep that as, the, as a central focus that God knows best. No matter what comes along, no matter what we're doing, God knows best. You know, and in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we all, a lot of us know those verses, but it's true. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. The funny thing is, it's not a funny thing, but it's the, 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 the thing is, is that, you know, we went to Cambodia and Esther started the program Be Free. And Esther now has had maybe 24, maybe 25 girls that have came through that program. All girls that would have been the age of our daughters if we'd had daughters. And Esther has been uh, a mother, a friend, so much to them all. And we have so many people that, that whose lives we've been able to be part of that we don't call, they don't call us mom and dad, we don't call them children, but, but they're like our, our, our children, and especially those young girls who don't have mothers that care about them or love them or anything like that. And You know, God knows exactly what he's doing. We, we may not see it or believe it, but God knows best. And, and I just really want to say to you this morning that whatever you're going through, God has it covered and he loves you so, so much. The final thing I want to say very quickly is about forgiveness. Um, when at the age of 35, um, 26 years after my mother had walked out and had left us and went away and had great fun and um, everything, at, at the age of 35, I w Esther and I went and knocked her door on Easter Monday. Um, and she was expecting us. It wasn't a complete shock to her. Um, but... I went in and I sat down and I said to her that I completely forgive her for the for the things that she had done and the way that she had left us and the, and the ramifications of that. And there's been people that said to me at the time, you're mad, you're crazy, you know, why are you doing that? But as a Christian, I believe personally that forgiveness is a non-negotiable part of, of being Jesus to the world that we live in. You know, forgiveness is one of the hardest things for so, so many people. And I get this, look, I don't know your situations. One thing I do know is, is from working in Cambodia that there's some really horrible things happen to people. And some people carry stuff throughout their lives from what's happened in their childhood from a, a parent or, or, or some family member or whatever. And I understand that me standing up here this morning and saying to, to you, you have to forgive, is really difficult. But I honestly believe with all my heart that one of the biggest keys to God being able to use us, being able to, to um, be part of what we're doing, um, I really believe that we need to have forgiveness in our heart for all different situations. There is absolutely nothing as a Christian that we should not forgive because we've been forgiven for everything. You know, the, the ver there's verses, um, 
I've lost it, sorry. I've, I need to just get my thumb working. Suri's came on and saying hello. So, um, There's verses in Matthew um, 6, verses 14 and 15 that say, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Friends, there is big things um, that happen in our lives, and I get it, it's not easy to forgive, but we need to at least as Christians work towards a forgiveness. We need to, because when we hold things in our, our heart and our, our lives, that, 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 uh, the, the unforgiveness just completely ruins us. It affects our health. It affects everything about us. And, you know, I'm sure this isn't a factor at all in this wonderful church, but at times people annoy us. And at times there's people that are sitting in the same roses or sitting across or sitting. Sometimes we used to sit together, but now one's at the front and one's at the back. And, and look, I know nothing. Pastor Darrell has not said anything to me, I promise. But I'm just saying to you, guys, if we want the Holy Spirit to move, and if we want to see God's blessing in our churches, we need to have unity. And no matter what happens, we need to come to a place where we can sit down. We need to be able to tell each other what's going on. And if we've offended someone, we need to, we need to accept that. If someone comes to us and says, look, you offended me there, or you said something that hurt me. You know, we need, we need to be, have the same heart that is a heart full of love and a desire to see Jesus lived out in, in, in the building, outside the building, and in, in our everyday lives. If we, can't, if we can't forgive our family members and different ones for things that they've done or they've said, there's absolutely no chance of us being relevant to that part of our lives. Because nobody's going to listen to us because nobody listens to people who are hypocrites. And, you know, when I forgive my mom, it's all confusing. Um, I, I have a stepmom who's my mom, but the, when I forgive my birth mom um, for what she'd done, that was the first step to Esther and I. It was the final, sorry, not the first step, the final step towards Esther and I stepping into the calling, um, which was to go to Cambodia. And we went to, we went to Uganda for a few, few years in the summer times. We've seen great things happen. Um, but God just really burnt in our hearts a desire to, to, to just be whatever God wanted us to be. And for, look, you're going to hear stuff this afternoon. And some of it's going to be, wow, I want to reassure you something right now. Esther and I are nothing. We're absolutely nothing. We were nothing. We had no qualifications. We had no, no experience in, in any area of what we're now doing. But God uses those that are, are nothing. And all we had to do was be obedient. And I want to encourage you today that as you're sitting here and you're, you're hearing the, the things that I've been saying, that you're obedient to what God's saying to you right now. And you might be sitting here and you've, 
you've got addictions in your life and you need to release them. You need to release them and you need to clear the way so that you can have that relationship with God. Because it's the only relationship that any of us should desperately desire. You know, when we have, when we, when we have that relationship with God in the right place, everything is perfect. And, and God can use us in ways that we never, ever dreamed of. I, would I was the last person um, that you could ever have imagined of going to Asia. Um, I had nothing against Asians in any shape or form, but I am these guys know I'm a really picky eater. My, my, dad brought us, my dad brought us up on mashed potato, beans, and crispy bacon, all mushed together for five years when, when there was no mother. And that, the, the, the knock-on effect of that is, is that I try my best, but some things are just a mountain too high to climb. And I absolutely despise coriander. And in Asia, they absolutely put coriander over everything. And, and you know, I would never, ever have imagined. And I certainly didn't have the ability to be part of what was going to happen. But God asked us to go. And through our journey of life, he, he helped us realize that we could go because he had equipped us. Even, and even now, looking back on the last eight years, how he equipped us in those moments when we battled with him about the children, when, whenever I had the addictions, whenever um, we, we didn't forgive people. When we look back on those things and see how God uses them now, it's just mind-blowing. And, you know, you might be here today, and this might be the first time you're hearing any of this stuff. You might have came to church for the first time ever. I just want to tell you something. It's the most important thing that you'll, you'll hear today, and it's probably the most important thing you'll ever hear. God loves you from the bottom of his heart, absolutely adores you, and he just wants to be in a relationship with you. And that, that, that's the amazing thing. No matter what religion you go and, and seek out or anything else in the world, there, there's, there's no living God. And there's no God that wants to... It, it's all about what God gives to you. In every other religion, it's all about what you can do for what, how you can work, your, your good works, your this, your that, everything else. God loves you. And he wants to be in a relationship with you. And for me, that's just absolutely mind-blowing. I'm just going to encourage you, please, to come this afternoon and, and hear um, about what God's doing in, in Cambodia, the, the work and everything. And I'm going to ask um, Pastor Daryl if he wants to come. And, but I just want to thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to come and share a little bit of our lives and our story. Come on, can we give a big round of applause, Pastor David? Thank you. Thank you so much.